Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bart Time Nerds Full-Time Dads. I'm Mike Laban. And I'm Chris Blonsky. And we're two dads who also happen to be nerds. We certainly aren't experts, but we are open to sharing our experiences with other nerdy dads in the interest of keeping our kids alive. Chris, how are you doing? Uh, better than you, Mike. <laughs> I was going to open up with like the, you know, my God, this year, this this week has been brutal. But I mean, Mike, I don't know what's going on over there. But It's cold. I'm wearing a blanket because I'm cold. <laughs> and you're like slouched down now. and I, I don't know. Maybe it's just the angle. I'm oh, not really maybe, maybe the webcam got moved or something. It's yeah. quite possible that the webcam is moved yeah. because I am... It's definitely not slouched, I would say. <laughs> it was just like you were buried in like the bottom right corner of the screen. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Mike doesn't seem happy to be here. I don't want to be here. Yeah. It's a pout pout face. A pout pout, pout face. Pout yeah. fish. And I spread the cheery wearies. No, that's the end of the book. That's the spoiled end of the book. Are you familiar with this book, The Pout Pout Fish? No, I've never heard of this one. It's a, it's a children's book that we have. It is The Pout Pout Fish, and it is about a fish whose only purpose in the world is to be a sad fish. He's the pout-pout fish. Oh, okay. But by the end of the book, it is revealed that he is not a pout-pout fish. He is actually a cheery-cheery fish. No, sorry, sorry. He is a kiss-kiss fish, and he spreads the cheery-wearies. That's what he does. Sounds like a New York Times bestseller to me. Yeah, well, it's probably is. It's a children's <laughs> book. I mean, it doesn't take much anymore, does it? Yeah. Not really, no. But yeah, no, it's, it's just I'm mostly, I'm cold. I'm just mostly cold and I guess the angles are weird and maybe I'm tired. I don't know. Maybe. But maybe. all of this adds together to make it look like I'm a crotchety grump and I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. you kind of got like the winter's coming sort of look, you know, Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe, but. I do ha- want to start off the episode on a bit of a serious question for you. Oh. And normally when I say- Serious question. I have a serious question for you. I follow it up with some inconsequential joke question about like, you know, like, what do you really think about Cheese Whiz or yeah, something like that, Yeah, what's your favorite color? <laughs> yeah. So, the question is actually regarding our children. Uh, your son has a food allergy, does he not? Yes, he is allergic to peanuts. Yes. And how did you find that out? We we did what the recommended thing was and introduced Ben to eggs, peanut butter, and there was one other one. There's like the three major allergens or something when he was really young. So we would give him like the tiniest little bite and then we would just sort of watch and see if he broke out. And he broke out a little bit with the peanut butter. So then we ended up doing allergy testing and sure enough, his peanut butter reaction was substantial and that's how we found out that one he's also allergic to sesame although to a much lesser extent okay so when you say he he broke out how would you classify that look hives he got hives on his face and like specifically around his mouth Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and then uh, and then at one point he actually has eaten peanut butter by accident and it's the only time he's ever like vomited and by vomit i mean like movie projectile <laughs> it was like oh shit like we should probably take him to the hospital but as soon as he did that then he was much better so of course so at least we know it's not like anaphylactic shock although we do still have his EpiPens just in case interesting interesting okay because William came home from daycare today okay very very blotchy around the face and hands and on his legs and a bit on his tummy as well oh nice and We've somewhat had the suspicion 
that he might be allergic to tomatoes and he had spaghetti for lunch. But hasn't he had spaghetti like a million times in the past? No, no. Oh. He's not really a big fan of pasta, if you remember. So we never feed him pasta. But yeah, like we, we've kind of suspected that he might be allergic to, to tomatoes. And after today's big mess of pasta, which apparently, because that's the thing. William's back at daycare today. Right. And and we've talked about how at daycare, William will eat whatever the hell daycare puts in front of him. Meanwhile, you give him the exact same damn food here, and he's like, no. Right. Don't want it. Right. It's a commentary on your cooking abilities. Yeah. Apparently so. Yeah. Apparently. Well, spaghetti was the meal of the day for lunch at daycare, and he apparently had two helpings. And oh. meanwhile, we can't even get him to eat a damn noodle when he's at home. <laughs> right, right. So basically, we're going to message them tomorrow and say hey we need a full rundown of what he ate because he did not come home looking that great and like he's fine like he's acting normal right but but now now that you mentioned that that ben had peanut butter he threw up horrifically yeah so basically when he actually ate peanut butter and it was was completely on accident but yeah he kind of got pale uh he definitely had the hives show up and then, yeah, maybe about 10 minutes later, 15 minutes later, whew, whew, my, my, okay. it was like a volcano, vinegar baking soda volcano. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's not the same thing then. Because we did give him a tomato. can't remember a couple of days, a couple of days ago. Yeah. And I can't remember if it was the same day or not, but William went to bed as per normal, but he was a little more... Active, I so, suppose you would like say. Sort of like upset tummy kind of deal. Yeah. yeah, like he wasn't going to bed and we checked his diaper and, you know, we made sure he had water and refused water and he refused, like he didn't, his diaper wasn't wet. We're like, what the heck is wrong with this kid? Like, why won't he go to sleep? And then he just went, <coughs> and we're like, oh no. And we and we went into to the bedroom and sure enough, William had thrown up all over oh. all over his pillow and all over his sheets and we actually decided to try and because laura's like oh i don't want to leave him alone in case he's you know really sick turns out as soon as he threw up it's like you said he was like oh man everything's great yeah you know yeah. so right after that happened what we ended up doing was we 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 got him out of bed and we changed his clothes and we changed his like all the sheets and everything. And then we took him into the bedroom. And the idea was we wanted to make sure he was okay. So what better way to keep an eye on him than, you know, sleep with us. So it was the first attempt at having him spend the night with mom and dad. And it was a mistake. It was very much a mistake. First of all, he got to watch Blippi in bed because, you know, we were like, okay, well, we want to make sure he's okay. And it all comes down to Blippi. It's always been like, oh, well, let's put Blippi on. If he gets upset, Still, then we know something's wrong. But if he goes back to normal, then sure enough, you know, he's fine. So he goes back to normal and we're watching Blippi and it's just kind of like, okay, well, let's try to go to bed. And he's like, well, no, no, no. It's Blippi time. We're watching Blippi now. And we're like, okay, well, we can't keep this up forever. And so we go to bed and he's just like flopping around in the bed and he's having a great time in the dark. And we're like, okay, this is... This isn't working. Maybe if we put something on, it'll like lull him to sleep, but not Blippy. Okay. So we, so we put on a show that we were watching and he was just like, I don't want to watch this. So he was just like flopping around and like moving around. We're like, okay, so this is having the opposite effect. Mm -hmm. 
maybe if we put Blippy back on, he will fall asleep because it's way past his bedtime and he will just be tired. He shot right up like he was 100% awake for Blippy. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I questioned that decision for sure. Yeah, it was sure. a poor decision. It was yeah, a poor screen decision. time before bed. It's not even good for you, Mike, much less no. the kid. Yeah. No, so we we took him and eventually it was like, okay, he's fine. Like we we know he's fine. We've been watching him for this little bit. So we we put him back to bed. We put him back to bed in his own bed. He was out in 10 seconds. Right. And both Laura and I were like sitting there in bed trying to fall asleep. We're wide awake at this point yeah. and it's way past our normal bedtime. And so we were like, okay, well, let's just kind of keep an eye on him. So we started watching a show and then of course, like we can't fall asleep now. So we're finally like start dozing off. It's like two in the morning or something like that. And we're like, <laughs> that kid's been asleep for like two hours at this point. And we're like wide awake. It was it was a bad it was a bad evening and right, and when right. you said about the throwing up I was like is that because he had a bit of tomato was it that night that he had tomato but the way that you talked about it when it was like minutes later you know th- this was hours after he had dinner so it's not yeah I don't think that's maybe maybe thing. just something wasn't sitting right I didn't even know you could be allergic to tomatoes I mean, I guess you, you could can. be allergic to everything right but I used to work with somebody who's allergic to the sun that's got to be an interesting existence yeah that would be pretty brutal yeah. But yeah, so that that was that's our our latest conundrum. And uh, your wife, when responding to my wife, gave a full rundown of the current symptoms that William has. So I think we're going to be making a appointment with an allergy doctor. Yeah, well, you might as well, right? It's just it's just nice to know for sure. Because, I mean, like, Ben's eaten stuff in the past, like, especially, like, acidic kind of things. And, yeah, he might get a little red mark. And it's like, whoa, wait a second. Is that an allergy? Like, what? what's going on? It's like, oh, no, it's because he ate something acidic, right? Like, it doesn't happen so much anymore now that he's older, but definitely when he was younger and first starting to eat. So, yeah, it's definitely good. It's good to get, uh, get an idea of how it's all rolling down. But, yeah, yeah, speaking of daycare, Ben is his daycare lady is pregnant. No, yes. that's nice. Which is great for her, but shitty for us because oh. then we have to find a new daycare in oh, the middle no. of the pandemic. So fortunately, there is one in Ancaster that shockingly has a space. I, I couldn't believe it because it's like when we tried to get him in that one originally, it was like, oh, no, yeah, it's going to be like years from now, you know, but uh, apparently, apparently now is a good time. I guess people must be pulling their kids out or something like that. Maybe. I mean... I was actually going to suggest maybe if you need to find a place, maybe you can get him in at our place and then William and Ben can be friends in class. Yeah, but there is no way I'm driving all the way down there every <laughs> morning. <laughs> That's the thing. Like Katie is our daycare lady and she just runs an at-home one and she's like 45 seconds from our house on the way to work. Like I couldn't ask for anything better, right? But right. we'll see. We'll see when she comes back from Mad Leave because she wants to hang out with Tiff and stuff while they have babies together. Oh, so she's got a new baby friend because yeah. this time Laura's not her baby friend. Well, she's got lots now. So she's got Katie and then her friend. Well, I won't say their names on the, the podcast, but she's got two other friends who are also having babies all within like a month or two of each other. So it's basically like, you know, Laura and Natalie, except round two now, except with two different people, three different people now. Well, that's that's at least nice because when you get somebody else to go through it with, it's it's more and not I wouldn't say enjoyable, but more. It's better. Well, yeah, it's better. you can like, can you believe they do this? I know, right? Like, yeah. or what stupid thing did you do to fix this stupid thing that the kids start doing, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be good. Right now, we were originally going to leave Ben in daycare throughout the whole ordeal. But now Tiff is leaning more towards pulling him out and kind of keeping him at home with the baby and stuff. And maybe doing daycare like, you know, part time, like one or two days a week just to have him socializing with other kids still. But uh, we'll see. It would be nice because it would certainly be cheaper. But, you know, it's it's really on Tiff because that's going to be a lot of work, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I don't know because one of my coworkers actually, she had her second kid. Well, she had the first kid home still while she was having the second kid. Right. So it was kind of like she made it sound like he was a nightmare. So, yeah. So we hear conflicting. We hear nightmare. We also hear it's so easy because you kind of know what you're doing with the kids already. And the baby, ultimately, if you kind of think back, sleeps most of the time, you know, so. So you're just paying attention to one of them at a time. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. But yeah, all these things to consider, Mike. It sucks being an adult. I wish I was a kid again. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you could do fun things like somersaulting around, which is something that William has learned to do. Oh, nice. Yeah, he's all about somersaulting. And it it's all stems from like he he, he was doing the, the 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 telltale signs of trying to do the somersault. Like he was leaning down with his head down. Mm-hmm. And the other day he was playing on the bed, which if I told you, I believe I told you last week, the bed is the place to be now. Like it's he wants to be on the bed all the time, play on the bed all the time. Like your bed uh, or his bed? Our bed, yeah. Okay, yeah. And he was leaning forward and and I did like this I'm like, okay, he's trying to do a somersault, so let's do it. So I grabbed his head, but I like I tucked his head for him because you know I don't want him to break his neck. Right. And and then I pushed his bum and he did the, the somersault and he loved it. So we did it again and he loved it. And then he did it on his own and it was like oh oh, he learned that very quick (laughs) so so yeah so we actually warned daycare when he went back we were like uh just so you know he's uh he's doing somersaults now so uh i guess be aware of that (laughs) if he's bending over he might be doing a little flip at some point yeah he might go all the way that's right yeah but on wednesday we have a meeting with a speech therapist for William again. I think I told you before that we were, had that possibility coming up. Well, right. we, are, we, are, we are doing that again. It was funny. Laura and I were sitting there today and we were going through a list and it's you, you think your kid says quite a lot of things and then you go through a list of things that they should be saying and you're like, oh, he doesn't say a lot, does he? You know, like, <laughs> the, the, you know, they're like, does he make this sound? Does he make this sound? And we're like, mm, no, he doesn't say. So is it just like because I'm just genuinely curious. Like, is it just sounds or like he should be saying, you know, me, dog, cat, cheese, or is it like a little bit of everything? It's a bit of both. Like, it's yeah. like, is he saying, is he saying words or making sounds that are like K sounds? Are is he, you know, ooh sounds? Is he saying anything that's like a, like a D noise or something like that? And or how are his M's, you know, things like that. Right. And, and is he saying words that start with M? Is he just going like, mm, or whatever? Like we, we figured out tonight that he actually doesn't say, we're like, oh, look, he says mama. But when we really thought about it. He doesn't. He says like, bama or something like that. Which oh, I okay. Yeah. It's like halfway there, but it's like, okay, well, it's less of an M thing than we thought he was doing. But yeah, so we'll, I'll let you know how that goes. But that's, that's what we're doing is we're having another round of speech therapy with the old William. Something that he has not had any trouble saying as of late though is uh, yay. Oh yeah. <laughs> he, he likes to celebrate life. Yeah. Well, it's so funny because like yay has become a catch all for like 
the thing that I wanted has happened. Okay. And it's really funny because he'll, the context of what he'll say yay to sometimes is like really funny. Okay. Sometimes when we're changing him, he wants like a, one of his stuffies and he'll be crying. Like, I, I'll, you know, ah, ah, stuffy, 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 please, please. And, and then we'll give it to him and he'll be like, ah, ah, yay. <laughs> so yeah that's yeah. awesome so it's 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 really adorable to hear like the <laughs> yay <laughs> you know because he busts that quite a bit but then also you'll be like hey buddy it's time for dinner and he'll be like yay and like turn around and run and go get his dinner and right it's, it's, right it's really funny so everything right now is is yay which well, i'll have to tell them that when it's it's yay to everything well that's good a lot of positivity in the layman household right now yeah yeah even when he's upset. <laughs> Yay. It, it is so funny, though, how quickly their attitude can change on a dime. Like, I'm sure William must do the same thing, right? Like, he's so sad. And it's like, well, do you want to do this? <gasps> yeah. 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 Let's do that now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it's it's funny. We actually were talking to our, our new neighbor because our new neighbor moved in. And we share a wall. And, and I was like, what side of the house are you? Because I know the two bedrooms are at the front of the house where our kitchen is. Mm-hmm. And I said, what side of the house are you having your bedroom on? And he's like, oh, it's going to be the side that is that lines up with your kitchen. And I'm like, please let me know if my kid is very loud and wakes you up all the time. Because right. he will run and scream and, and cry in the kitchen all the time. And I actually was talking to him yesterday. And I said to him, I'm like, so I just wanted to follow up on this. Has he been, because like this morning, he went on an enormous crying spree because we wouldn't let him play with a can of beans. Right. And I was like, he was inconsolable. Like, did you hear that through the wall? And he's like, actually, I don't hear that. What I do hear is cupboards. And I'm like, "Mm, yeah, because when we do the dishes, William likes to help. Oh, okay, yeah. So he he like slams the cupboards, and I'm like, okay, I could see how that that you might hear while you're sleeping. <laughs> so we are investing in like rubber stoppers for the. I was uh, gonna say, just get those little like uh, felt ones, and they'll really yeah. deaden that sound for you. Yeah, so we're, we're doing him a favor in that that sense. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so far the new neighbor's been pretty pretty good. He sent me a photo last night because we've been we've been texting back and forth. Like he asked me to give him my number so that like if he had any questions or anything about like. You know, like, hey, there's a weird sound in my house. Is it coming from your house? That kind of thing. Yeah. My basement's flooding. Is your basement flooding? That kind of a thing. Because <laughs> apparently he's got to like redo the plumbing to the house next door and he's not happy about that. But he was he was telling me, he's like, if, if we're ever too loud, you let me know. And I was like, I will do. And he texted me last night because I actually texted him first to be like, hey, just so you know, there's like a really handy pharmacy around the corner, but it's really tucked away. Like it's not in like a business park or anything. It's like in an old repurposed community center or something. So it doesn't really look like a pharmacy from the outside. But just so you know, it's like a block away and you get discounts by going there. And he's like, oh, great. You know, thanks for letting me know. And while we were texting, he sent me a photo of him and his girlfriend playing Scrabble. And he's like, I hope we're not being too loud. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so they're like the perfect neighbors so off to a good start with with the neighbors there, yeah that's for sure but well that's good what about you guys i mean besides the daycare stuff is there anything else crazy going on with you guys um, not a ton crazy bedtimes mike bedtimes have been a nightmare lately i don't i'm, I'm i know it's a kid thing but Ben goes to bed we'll say somewhere between 7 and seven thirty every day 
but my god at like 645 it's like he gets his second wind and he is just ready to go like we'll get him in his bedroom and he just starts running laps or like running on the bed jumping off the bed and he's got like a couple toys and he just goes crazy and trying to get him to go in there he's like well you know well let's read a book he's like okay we'll read the two books and then he's like well one more one more one more book one more book and it's like no you know you have to go to bed at some point so that's been something we've been we've been struggling with a little bit i think that's a two-year-old thing for sure yeah william is definitely like that as well yeah but it's really funny because like i told you last week about how he's all about like let me do it with the the bedtime routine right so he turns out the light he turns on the white noise machine what we do to get him to go to bed when he's being like silly and stuff is I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go turn on the white noise machine and he insists on doing it. And then he goes through the entire checklist of all the things to do for bed and then goes to bed. Hey, <laughs> so, well, that's a good trick. Yeah. Yeah. We just trick him into going to bed yeah. by starting his, his bed routine. Yeah. Right. Right now, the best thing seems to be Tiff threatens him with, well, if you don't do this, I'm not going to play with you anymore. And I kind of, he's like, Oh, Oh my God! Okay, wow. let me <laughs> you know, let me serious let me do consequences. Yeah, that's right. Because Daddy can threaten it; it really means nothing. But if Mummy threatens it, then that's a big deal. But yeah, it was funny the other day we were having dinner because obviously, I guess he's a little. He's been very chatty, right? Extremely chatty. So we we're asking, "Oh, is, is your tummy full?" Because we've been doing this thing, which I neither one of us love, but it's the best way to get him to eat. Is sometimes we'll put an iPad in front of him. And he'll watch Paw Patrol or Blippy or kind of whatever the show of the day happens to be. And he will eat and just eat and eat and eat. And we can't tell if he's eating because, you know, his like ADD is is taken care of by watching the TV and he's legitimately eating and doesn't want to go do something else. Or is he eating because he's just mindlessly eating the same way that you and I will complete an entire bag of chips while watching a movie, you know, like that kind of thing. So we keep asking him all the time, you know, Ben, is your tummy full? Is your tummy full? Like, you know, do you need more food for your tummy? And then the other day he goes, tummy not full. Tummy needs a cookie now. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh oh well all right then if, the, if that's not what the tummy needs i guess you know well it's funny you mentioned that as well because the throw up night that we were talking about right. the original assumption was that he ate too much and it was the same thing is we we threw out the ipad well not the ipad but the android version of the ipad right yeah our samsung tablet we 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 threw that up and he was watching Blippy and he ate every bite of his food and he had two helpings of dessert and earlier in the day he had you know two waffles as a snack and it was like oh we at first we just assumed that he ate too much but then when you mentioned about the throwing up with the thing that's why I brought it up earlier but right. yeah so that, that it's it's literally the same thing is, yeah. is he just eating because he's watching the and, show and I hate doing it but at the same time, it's like, well, I do want you to eat, you know, yeah. because like I know William's a pretty good eater, but Ben is very hit and miss, you know, like he'll eat for like five minutes and he'll want to go do something else and then he'll come back and have a little bit more of a nibble or something. But I mean, he must be going through a growth spurt recently because that boy is just he's eating like the same portions that I will eat, you know, and then still wanting more at the end, even without Blippy. So, uh it's been pretty impressive. But the only other baby story I've got or kid story, I guess I should stop calling them babies, is he's been liking to like sing songs. So he sings ABC and he sings Happy Birthday and all that type of stuff. And for whatever reason, he started singing Rockabye Baby. Maybe it's because Tiff sings it or whatever. 
but when he sings it or he hears us sing it, he always starts to cry, like legitimately upset crying. And we cannot figure out what it is. We don't know if it's because he knows like what the words mean and he doesn't like the idea of this, you know, baby falling. But right. either way, but he always gets so upset, even if he is the one singing it. Like, so <laughs> we've almost had to put like an embargo on this song. It's like, no, we, we just don't sing this song. We don't sing this song. And not something I expected as a parent to have to deal with that. But the kid making themselves sad, making themselves sad. Yeah. He might be an emo kid when he's like 15 years old. We never know. Right. But uh, it's possible. It's, it's like the YouTube video where they're like talking to the kid on the news mm-hmm. and they're like, what do you think of this? And he's like, he, he, he. And then he just starts crying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Other than that, Mike, we haven't been doing too much. We've been trying to really push the idea of being a big brother and that there's a baby coming and that kind of stuff. So we've got some books and we've been watching shows and doing all kinds of stuff like that. But seems he seems to be excited about it, but I don't think he has any idea what's coming for him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's going to be the old one that no one cares about anymore. The new one is going to be the new hotness and Ben will just be so upset. Yep, exactly. Maybe he'll be like my brother when I was born and I was brought home and my brother asked if he could take me back to the hospital. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that question will be coming or something along those lines anyway. Of course, of course. Well, speaking of babies, mm-hmm. there was a really big one thrown off the internet all over the place the other day. And it's so funny because this is not usually the kind of topic that we cover, but it's so big and in our wheelhouse as well. It was kind of like, how do we not talk about it? No, exactly. Uh, I agree with you. We're not typically a political podcast, and I don't think we need to make it political. After all the events that occurred at Capitol Hill, which we will not talk about, but they'll be forever in the history books, more or less, I would say the entirety of the internet opted to ban Donald Trump from the internet. Yes. And, and I've got a list here, Mike. I've got a quick list. He's been banned from Reddit. And by he, for Reddit, I mean the Donald Trump subreddit and various other very pro-Trump subreddits have been banned. He's been banned from Twitch. He's been banned from Shopify, which that one was the one I kind of laughed at because I guess they sell a lot of his merch on that. Yeah, the the Donald Trump election store is the the buy the MAGA hats and stuff is all through Shopify. Right, yeah. But at first glance, like Shopify, like, okay, you know. Whatever. Well, the one that I saw that everybody's always laughing at is Spotify because it's like, what the hell is he dropping on Spotify? <laughs> yeah, they just wanted to be like, well, don't, don't forget about us. Yeah, we're going to do it too. Well, who knows? Maybe he was like had a podcast or something that Maybe, maybe, yeah. They've been banned from Twitter, banned from Facebook, banned from YouTube, banned from Google. And and by Google, I mean like the Google App Store, banned from Apple. Same reason they pulled the Parler app, which I guess is a MAGA cesspool, which we won't get too into. Yeah, Parler is technically, Parler has nothing to do with Donald Trump, but it's got plenty to do with Donald Trump. So... If for those who don't know, for whatever reason, and you've been staying away from Parler, which you probably should, yeah, good by idea. all rights, yeah. Parler is the safe haven for people who think that Twitter is too hard on conservatives. Yes. Yes. It's a supposedly free speech social media platform. Yes. Like no censorship and, and all sorts of things like that. And 
from what I've seen, I've seen some people reposting parlor posts and it's like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a good description right there, Mike. Yeah. If you could describe parlor in, in one word, it would be an image of somebody pulling at the collar. <laughs> yeah. And we'll leave it at that. But Parler has also been banned from Amazon Web Services. So I believe as of today, Parler no longer exists. Yes. Um, and other services have also said as well that they're taking Parler off of, like, they're not going to host it. Yeah. So Parler is just out. I think gone. as far as their future is, uh, is concerned, it'll probably be some Russian data center will be the only place that will take them. But uh, Facebook, I think I said that one already. Instagram, Snapchat, Discord, Pinterest, Stripe, which is a like payment system. Okta, Twilo, never even heard of those other two. And my favorite one of all, Mike, my favorite one of all, banned from TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> TikTok banned Trump before Trump exactly. could ban TikTok. The, it's, it's just, it's perfect. It's like chef's kiss, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, couldn't, you couldn't do it in any other way. But, you know, I, I won't get too much into whether they made the right choice or not. I think they did personally, but it's interesting. Mike, if you got banned from all those things, what is left for you on the internet? I know, right? Like his phone is like a just a paperweight. Like yeah, or it's just, you're a, a phone. He can text people from it, he can call people from it. What else is there to do? Yeah, but that, that's internet? what I mean is like I guess you could check out some like news sources and stuff, but really like that if I were to throw a percentage of the internet in that list, it's probably like a solid like 80 80% of the internet yeah. is right there, right? But uh, yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know how I would handle it. Maybe I'd be happier than I've ever been in because I'd be getting rid of all that maybe, crap. But maybe. I'd be so out of the loop on everything. My God. It's so funny, though, because I, I keep hearing all these like side things. Mm-hmm. So, so Trump gets banned. His personal Twitter account is banned. Okay. And then he starts tweeting from the POTUS Twitter, which was Barack Obama's old Twitter when, when he started. But... They they said, oh, well, it's the official POTUS one, so they're going to give it to Trump, but Trump is going to continue to tweet from his, his yeah, personal Yeah, it's like one. an ongoing sort of thing, yeah. Yeah, so, the, so once POTUS, POTUS will be where Joe Biden will tweet from sooner than later. Well, supposedly he went to tweet on that, and they're like, nope, ban still stands. Like, you're the band, not the user account. You're banned. Right. So they, they stopped them, and from what I saw, he then tried to tweet from the Trump re-election campaign Twitter and they banned him there. And then he tried to tweet from the head of the election campaign's personal Twitter and they banned him there. And the funny thing was, is all they did on that Twitter was they changed the guy's account name to Donald Trump and then they banned it like immediately. (laughs) (laughs) It is amazing. And and Twitter has been all over this. Have you seen like the John Barron? Yes. Twitter accounts popping up. I mean, my God, people well done. You know, it's so funny. Yes. Those have been great. But at the same time, with all the stuff that's been going on with Parler, I don't know if you've seen any of the wacky crap that's come out of Parler as well. I haven't followed the Parler stuff too much other than enough to know sort of what it is and to know like some of the crap they've been saying is insane. But that that's about as far as I've gone. I'm not going to get into stuff like, you know, so-and-so or organizing protests on this day. Mm-hmm. Like that's not the kind of stuff that I'm seeing. The kind of stuff that I'm seeing is that there was some senator who has a, a Parler account and they posted something to the effect of because the 
Silicon Valley is trying to censor us as much as possible. I'm going to need a direct way to talk to you guys. Can you guys give me your emails? And then I can reach you that way. And then whatever percentage of this woman's followers proceeded to dox themselves. <laughs> nice. They gave they gave their full names, their emails, their telephone numbers, just oh dropped them goodness. in like a huge chain. And that was one thing that was like, wow, I can't believe that that happened. But apparently Parler was built on top of a WordPress engine. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. And somebody used a loophole in WordPress to like completely crack open the Parler database. Mm-hmm. And you know how, like, on Twitter, you can be verified. And right. and that means, you, you know, you're this real person and everything like that. Well, Parler has something similar called certified account. So instead of a verified account, you're a certified account. Sure. And how you become certified is you say you are who you are, but then you also provide official ID that proves you're that person. And then your account is certified. Right. Because Parler was cracked right open. All of the personal ID that people have submitted, including driver's licenses, passport information, all of that oh is now out and God. free on the internet. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So the Parler thing is, is not going too well. Maybe it's better that, that it just doesn't continue. Uh, but I, I would think so. I would think so, Mike. But Trump uh, apparently has been tweeting, well, not tweeting, but talking. I, everything now is all like, Here's the news story of the thing that Trump is talking about doing now. And and one of the things that he said, I think this was actually in one of his tweets before they took down his tweets because he did like three tweets mm-hmm. before they stopped them. It was this was from the POTUS account after they shut down his regular account. He was like, maybe we'll make our own platform. So, yeah. So I guess Donald Trump is going to make some sort of crazy new Trump platform. And he's probably going to call it like Trumpeter or something like that. Right, right. Yeah, and, and then it, that can be an even worse cesspool than Parler was, I'm sure. <laughs> well, I think we've shed enough light on this topic, but... Uh, yeah, a bit of yeah. an unprecedented topic. I, I think so. I, I cannot think of any one person who's been sort of thoroughly wiped from the internet as him. I can't think of anything. One thing that I thought that was so funny, too, was Google, actually, they made a post about YouTube. They were like... We will be definitely cracking down on anybody who posts this kind of like hate speech kind of stuff mm-hmm. because they've they've actually been banning. Like, I don't know if you've heard of there was a, a YouTuber and he was also on Twitter. It was a guy called The Quartering. OK, that was his The Quartering. And he was basically like, a you know, gamer gate own the libs. Sure. Kind of okay, media, yeah, right. Yeah. Well, his account has been banned on Twitter and YouTube and things like that. And YouTube came out and made, they said, but basically, if you make content like this guy, we will be censoring it. And somebody was like, man, that's really nice that Google came out and said that they're going to enforce their rules finally. (laughs) Well, it is, it is true, right? I mean, they've really been dragging their feet on it. The only reason I can think that they have is because fear of retribution, basically. But now that he's basically gone, like nothing's going to happen to them so they can you know, do whatever they feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy, crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we can, we can move away from that topic and talk about something else. But Hey, speaking of Google, Google did something pretty big in the news. Well, not Google itself, but the employees of Google, they start in a union. Yeah. And I haven't heard anything new about this, but basically 
Google's motto has gone from don't be evil to eh, f- it. let's do what we want, you know? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but Google has been making a lot of really questionable decisions. Uh, in 2018, there was 4,000 Google employees who objected to Project Maven, which was like a drone contract with the Department of Defense, or sorry, Defense, not Defense. 2018, they said 20,000 Googlers walked out of the company because they've had a lot of like sexual misconduct allegations. And basically, the company just sort of swept them all under the rug and that kind of stuff. And then finally, the most recent one has been firing of their AI ethics researcher, who basically was kind of along the same things that Google marginalizes people of color and women and you know, it's it's really like a boys club, especially white boys club, that sort of thing. So, yeah, they're starting a union drive, which as far as I'm aware, would be the first at any sort of big tech company. Now, whether or not they're successful in it or not, it's hard to say. I know Google in the past has been pretty aggressive in terms of trying to stop unions. They've fired people and dealt with the lawsuits and everything like that. But it's kind of depressing, you know. I, at once, at one time, I feel like everybody in the tech industry looked up to Google, like, "Hey, these guys are like the beacon of hope and everything like that." And now it's like, "Oh yeah, they're just like everybody else," you know. Who would you say now is the new hope? The new hope? Uh, yeah, like is there somebody else you're like, "Well, these guys were the worst, but now Google's worse than they are." That's a tough question, Mike. I don't honestly know if there is any like real good guy anymore you know i feel like all the big platforms i i would argue and it'll probably be controversial that microsoft (laughs) of all the places is probably like the good guys now you know what i mean because back in the 90s they were everybody wrote microsoft with the dollar sign instead of the s right but i don't know they're doing a lot of initiatives and and kind of like trying to give back to people and a lot of like the environmental stuff so That'd be my opinion. I'm sure there's smaller companies out there who are probably way more deserving, but of the big boys, that's who I would point it at. Okay. No, that's fair. That makes sense. I've seen a lot of things because mostly when it comes to Microsoft, I know them more than anything from their gaming stuff. And I've seen them making great strides at like equality and things like that in, in their gaming sphere. Otherwise, it's like, I know about Surface products. (laughs) <laughs> you know, like that's really, <laughs> yeah, that's really that's all, all I you know. need to know, Mike. And they make Word too. I don't know if you've heard of that. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah. I have Word open right now. Oh, I'm like, wait wow. a minute. Windows. Does does Microsoft have something to do with Windows? <laughs> maybe. Maybe. We'll have I, to look into it after the episode. Yeah, yeah. We'll do some research once the show's over. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. So, I mean, we'll see what happens there. I don't think I've ever heard of anybody talking about like unions when in, car- in regards to like any of the big tech companies before. So I don't think so either, right? When you think big tech, you think, you know, everybody's food is free and ping pong tables and, you know, isolation pods and everybody gets this big screen to like that kind of crap. But maybe it's not all as great as it seems. Yeah. Like, I mean, like a friend of a friend kind of a thing. They they know somebody who, who works at Facebook. Mm-hmm. So they went to Facebook City or whatever it's called out in in San Francisco. Right. And they got to go in because they were a guest of a Facebook employee. Okay. And basically, like, she was telling me that, like, oh, yeah, like, there are stores in Facebook City where you just walk in and you take whatever you want. It's like the Apple, the, not Apple, uh, the Amazon stuff that they're talking about where, like, you go in and then you just take what you want and you leave. But instead of... Amazon knowing what you took and billing you later, you just take it. 
and it, it belongs to you and and facebook just pays for all that shit that's fascinating well, yeah th- there's been um I know we're getting a little off topic, but I, I know one of the big reasons why they push like these really inclusive campuses and stuff is because they figured out that if you don't ever leave, you do a lot more work for them. <laughs> oh, really? Eh? Well, I mean, it's it's the work from home. I'll call it a problem, right? Is when you start working from home, you probably follow your regular working hours. And then eventually, instead of starting at nine, you start at eight. And then eventually, instead of eight, it's seven. And then instead of quitting at five, it's six and then seven. And then, you know, at any time of the day, if somebody sends you an email, you'll probably respond. So it's that kind of, you know, while your work life and your home life is the same. So you're always working. It's that kind of logic. And that's why they are happy to give away food and stuff for free. Because if you eat dinner there, well, you'll probably throw in another hour or two of work, you know, before you go home. That's sort of ideal. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I still wouldn't mind the free food, though. I mean, not having to make lunch every day, Mike, that'd be amazing. Yeah. I mean, I went to Google once. I've been to Google in Toronto and I've been to Google in New York. Mm-hmm. And I only, like, I've only been on certain areas because, of course, Google's like, you know, you don't get to run around. And I was always there for work purposes. I wasn't just like, I'm visiting, you know, like they don't <laughs> give you the free Google tour. The Everybody hat. sign up. And, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, but I was there for work purposes and, and they would give you a, a small tour to be like, look how great our workspace is kind of a thing. It's like they were always trying to recruit you at the same time as showing you around for business and stuff. I always loved the one time when they were showing me the kitchen in Toronto and they were like, here's all the snacks. And I'm looking at it and it's all brands I've never heard of. And it's all like seaweed kale bars and stuff. Right, and I'm right. like, I wouldn't want to eat any of this, any of it. <laughs> And, and the guy at Google was like, he's like, can I interest you in any of that? I'm like, no, I think I'm good. And he's like, do you want like Doritos or something? And I'm like, wait, you have Doritos? Where, where are those? And he's like, oh, they're over here. And it was like hidden in some cupboard, like completely away. And they're like, we still keep this stuff for everybody and it's free for everybody. But we find through our, you know, our Google research that if it's just kind of tucked away in a corner, people are less likely to eat it. And if, you know, they want their, they want to encourage their staff to eat healthier. So the, the food that's on display is the healthy stuff and the stuff that they don't want you to, like, it's there for them, but it's just like, you gotta, you gotta work for it. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta find it. You gotta get through the maze to get there. And then you might be able to have a slice of pizza or something like that. <laughs> but, but I always thought that that was very funny was like, if, if you hide it, you're less likely to yeah. eat it. And, and it was like that actually at my old company is, is they had like a, a snack drawer and that was so funny because every so often I'd open it and I'd be like, oh shit, I didn't even realize we had these. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, because if they put it out on the shelf, I would have ate them all, you know? Well, that's my uh, that's my uh, system at home too. I don't put any snacks in a bowl on the counter because I will eat all of them within the day. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. My Christmas stocking stuff has just kind of been out sitting. Yeah. And it's, it's been, it's, I've been going through it, yeah, but the stuff that been, everything else has kind of ravaged, been away. It's been ravaged, yeah. yeah. Well, well, Mike, are you uh, are you an owner of Bitcoin? I am not because I barely understand Bitcoin. <laughs> okay. Well, Mike, Bitcoin has been going absolutely crazy lately. Previously, a Bitcoin, I think, what, what twenty eighteen, maybe twenty seventeen, Bitcoin spiked at like twenty thousand dollars US, and the whole world went crazy over Bitcoin, and it crashed real hard and dropped down to like a thousand dollars. So one Bitcoin was worth like a thousand dollars American. Well, Mike, Bitcoin is back. It was 
worth about $40,000 per Bitcoin the other day. But all of a sudden, it's really starting to plummet again. It's down to 32000 as of today. What a shame for those people who own their Bitcoin. I know. But I mean, Bitcoin is wild. It's, it's so funny to think about. I was telling Tiff this the other day because the whole idea with Bitcoin is it's a virtual currency that's not attached to any one government and you can spend it and trade it and whatever, do what you want. Like there's a very finite number of them. I think there's 21 million Bitcoins in the world or something like that. But like the very first Bitcoin purchase was for a pizza. And I think it was like 22,000 Bitcoin. The guy bought a pizza for 22,000 Bitcoin. We wow. looked it up and it'd be worth about a billion dollars <laughs> now if the guy had held on to it. It's like, boy, don't you feel stupid, you know? Yeah, it's, no kidding. Spending it on a pizza. I hope it was really good. But but yeah, no, I sold my Bitcoin at $25,000 US and I kind of regret it now. But at the same time, how could you predict spikes like this? I don't know. It's just kind of crazy. So when you explain this to me, yeah. you went through at the time, go through your whole process. You bought Bitcoin mm -hmm. at the time. How much was it worth when you bought it? So I mined Bitcoin as a sort of side hobby. Let's just see what the hell Bitcoin is kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But when I started, it was worth, ah, I don't know. It was probably when, when it was starting to get a little bit more peaky so we'll say like three thousand dollars us so the whole idea was like well i'll just do it and i'll see what it's like and i eventually amassed a very very small amount of it and i decided well i'll just hold on to it and then i saw it spike and it was like well okay i'll hold on to it because by the time i had any uh, any sort of substantial amount it had dropped back down it wasn't working anything but I was like, okay, I'll just hold on to it for now. And then when it spiked back up, it's like, okay, this is way higher than it was before. I will sell it now. And so now I have Canadian dollars sitting in my like Bitcoin wallet, I guess, for lack of a better explanation, that I'll probably just leave there until it crashes back down to $1,000 and I'll buy some more and I'll wait till it spikes back up again and, you know, sell it again and that kind of thing. So it's, it's like stock market kind of. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Which I, which I don't understand either. So No, but it's turning out because it was supposed to be like a currency, right? It was supposed to be like, Mike, I owe you five bucks. Here's a micro Bitcoin kind of thing, like a really small amount of it. But as it's turning out, it's like people are just investing in it instead. So it's like this. It's like investing in like gold and silver, you know, like you just you hold on to it until it's worth something and then you sell it. And then like you just sort of ride the wave. So it's not exactly what they intended it to be. But yeah, that, that's as best I can describe it in a podcast, I guess. So the end goal with Bitcoin, because as you said, it's not what it was intended to be. Yeah, it, it, the end goal was supposed to be a global currency that it didn't matter if you were, you know, from Japan and you were used to dealing in yen and whatever is, you know, one Bitcoin is worth one Bitcoin is worth one Bitcoin, right? And you, and you just know one Bitcoin is worth a car or, or you know, whatever the, the valuation happens to be. That's what it was supposed to be. But now people have taken it over and it's basically like an investment thing. And people are pumping a bunch of money into it without really knowing, like, th there's no value in Bitcoin. It's all just digital. There's n like American money and Canadian money is attached to gold. Like, that's what Fort Knox is, right? Yeah. Uh, but there's nothing like that for Bitcoin. It's just, this is what it's worth. And it's like, why is it worth that? It's because that's what we have told you it's worth, right? It's confusing. I, 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 do not, I do not blame you for being confused about this whole thing. I'm trying to, like, in my brain, 
put together the use at not even the use, but just like the why at, at this point, like what you say makes sense of this being like, it's an international currency. Yeah. It's supposedly like, like corruption proof and it's all traceable. That's the yeah. thing is you can see every transaction that anybody has ever made. You don't necessarily know who is making the transaction. You just know that that wallet made a transaction with this wallet. Like it's all, it's all public record basically. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what I'm seeing from what you're, what you're telling me here, what Mm -hmm. I'm understanding is that the purpose of Bitcoin is to have Bitcoin. Basically. Yeah. As it is right now. Yes. Like there's no real reason. Like, yeah. And because it's, it's too volatile in order to use it to buy things. Right. Because today you could charge me one Bitcoin for, I don't know, a TV. Right. That's what it's worth. That's the equivalent dollar. But okay, I'll give you my my Bitcoin, but all of a sudden tomorrow it's worth a house, you know, because it's yeah. spiking so high or it's crashing so quickly. So you can't use it as a financial tool. So it's kind of, it's in this weird sort of like in-between state. I mean, to go back to last week's podcast, like, I don't know. I, I don't personally think it'll ever be a viable currency as it is. I think it'll just be this sort of weird investment thing, but who knows? Yeah, because it one hundred percent sounds like at this point it's just a thing you ride the wave on, and it's it's like a different gambling form. Yeah, kind of. That's really what it is. Yeah. Okay. Well, now I feel like I finally understand Bitcoin, and I can never afford it. Yeah. (laughs) You can you can buy as much or as little as you want, Mike. You said you mined it. How does that work? How do you mine Bitcoin? Uh, Mike, we don't have enough time on this podcast. Oh, okay. Basically, there's like software that you can run on your computer. See, that's why graphics cards were so popular a while ago Uh, because they can do a lot of processing very quickly. So you basically, the way it works is I will, let's say I send you money, right? I send you Bitcoin because I bought a comic book off you or something. So in order to make Bitcoin secure, there's a bunch of like mathematical equations that get completed as like a security thing, you know, like encryption, I guess, for lack of a better word. Yep. So somebody and something needs to to do those mathematical equations. So what you're basically doing is just saying, okay, you know, I'll do it. And and your computer does the equation. And in exchange, you kind of like get paid, I guess, for doing the equation. But the problem is, is that the more Bitcoin is out, I, I'm doing a horrible job at explaining this, but the, the problem is, is eventually the equations become so hard that your computer can't handle it. So you need to have two graphics cards or four or six. Like you really need to amp it up that way. So it becomes less, it becomes less financially viable for you. Okay. Because okay. it's going to cost you more money in electricity to power the thing than the money you would get back for doing it. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it, it sounds like, your computer is doing the bit in office space where like it does all the work and then you get like the point one of a percent. Yeah, sure. Sure. I think that's a good explanation. Okay. Yeah. That, that's the only way it makes sense to me. Yeah. And at the end of the day, someone steals your stapler. Yeah. Well, you know what? You know what doesn't make sense, Mike? Let's, let's move off this topic. You know what doesn't make sense? What? Uh, Lucas Arts is back. The, the old Star Wars video game production company except they're now known as lucasfilm games except they aren't producing any games mike no they are they are overseering overseering i guess that's a way to put it they are the overseer (laughs) yeah of other studios that are making games under the lucasfilm games label 
mm-hmm. in the sense that PlayStation has PlayStation Studios and all of the companies that PlayStation owns are this is under that umbrella. But it's it's that kind of a thing, from what I understand. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, because my understanding is like Star Wars Squadrons, Battlefront 2, they're bringing those games underneath this this Lucasfilm games fold now. But from what I've been reading, they don't have any sort of Lucasfilm games in production aside from some sort of Lego Star Wars game. The I know that one. That's the Skywalker Saga. And it's supposed to come out later this year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Apparently, that's the only game that they have some sort of hand in making but i don't know how much right right that's funny like obviously the days of you know lucas arts and you get in your salmon maxes and the dig did you ever play the dig i did play the dig like lucas arts was one of the best gaming we'll call them a gaming company back in the 90s like they produced some of the best games out there and then it really I don't know, really took a dive for a while. And then eventually when Disney bought Lucasfilm, they just closed LucasArts altogether. Yeah, there was actually one. The the final LucasArts game never came out. And it always made me really sad because it was Star Wars 1313. Do you remember Star Wars 1313? Mm-hmm. It was like a next gen game that was revealed for like PS4 and Xbox and stuff. And it was never actually fully revealed. They basically were like, look at our engine. Isn't it great? And people were like, holy shit, is that possible? Right. Like, look at the graphics on this. And of course, this is like, this is, you know, 2011, 2012. Like, that game looks like shit now. You sure, know? yeah. <laughs> like, but at the time, yeah. But at the time, it's phenomenal. And and the thing that happened was because the game got canceled and it was revealed after that Star Wars 1313 was actually a Boba Fett game. Oh, Okay. Yeah, where you would play as Boba Fett as he like worked his way up the bounty hunter ranks. And people were like suddenly very like, what? It was going to be a Boba Fett game. Like, why didn't they tell us that? Maybe it would have come out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there has never been. Sorry, no, I'm not going to say never. But within the last 15 years, 20 years, no genuinely good Star Wars game. I feel like I feel very confident in saying that there's been like, you know, there's been good, you know, maybe three out of five star Star Wars games, but I would not say there's been any like five out of five blockbuster must have kind of game. What's the what's the the date range you're putting on here? I'm going to say the 2000s, like uh, 2000 to 2020. Okay, because I feel like there's some games in there that you're not thinking about. Okay, let's look it up. Let's look it up. Because I obviously, like X-Wing, TIE Fighter, yeah. those games were were legendary. But those were early 90s. And then, um, not Rogue Squadron. Rebel Assault. Rebel Assault. Yeah, that game was fantastic. There were some Dark Forces games that were good. You know, but again, those are all 90s games. Okay, so so when are you saying that there was... What's the cutoff? When was the last good Star Wars game for you? The last good one? Oh, yeah. Like, would you say that because Jedi Fallen Order, which came out in 2019, is very was very well reviewed. So would you say that that was a. But wasn't that game game? crazy buggy, though? Maybe at first. I I don't know. Like, I didn't end up buying it. I did want to play it, but somebody was like, it's like a Star Wars Demon Souls game. And I'm like, done. 
<laughs> I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, no, not even done. Like I, I, I'm like, I don't need to know. I don't, I don't like demon souls oh, games. People oh, are like, okay, okay. cause I don't, the thing with demon souls games and dark souls games is it's like, this game is hard on purpose. And I'm like, I don't got time for that. I was going to say that it does not, that's not the Mike Laidman formula right there. No, no. Okay. So I'm just looking at some, some ones right here. Okay. List them off, Mike. So there's rogue squadron, which is the N64 GameCube series of like X-Wing games. Yep. The first one came out in 98, but the sequels came out after that in like the early 2000s. So those games have been games that have been pretty well received. So you could argue that those games are good games that came out in the 2000s. Okay. Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic came out in that period. Yeah, but I guess I'm, I guess I'm looking at games like, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think of some examples. Like, like Battlefield. Battlefield 2 and 3 were like extremely well received. They were like must-have games. You know, Doom 2016 was extremely, like everybody needed to have it. That kind of thing. Whereas I still feel like a lot of these Star Wars games are very kind of niche. They only appeal to a smaller group. They're not awful, but they're not fantastic. Like I think Battlefront 2 Everybody kind of looked at that one as like, okay, okay, we can all get on board this game. But then it had all that microtransaction drama, and that killed that one real quick. Do you remember the original Battlefront Two? That was two thousand five. That one, I never did that one. Oh, see, that's a game that people were like, that uh, game's amazing. Well, maybe I'm wrong then, Mike. Yeah, it seems like you are wrong, Chris. <laughs> I'm, I'm due to get something wrong eventually. I know? mean, I, I guess you, if you're really in the, the camp that you were saying of like, there's been good ones but not great ones i i think that's i mean that's fair like the lego star wars games were the first lego games and those games like exploded like they're still they're making mm-hmm. one they're making a new one right yeah. now like those games are still popular i really liked the force unleashed i know it wasn't s- super it didn't light the world on fire and i know its sequel was not well received at all yeah well, I mean, like Rogue Squadron, the, the newest one, I, I have gone on this podcast saying it's a great game. I really like it, but it did not take the world by storm by any stretch. I mean, as far as like the player base goes and stuff, it's shrunk significantly already. Right. And it's only been, what, six months, something like that. Yeah. Well, I don't know. maybe we'll maybe we'll get the the x-wing tie fighter game of your dreams even though you said that you were really a big fan of squadrons i I did like rogue squadrons but i would like other people to play it (laughs) (laughs) see what everybody needs is a new star wars episode one racer i think that's what everybody needs. that's what it is yeah the podcast or uh, podcasting (laughs) the pod racing game yeah they did bring that back, kind of. Well, you know, limited run games, they re-released a whole bunch of, like, Star Wars Episode One Racer and Racer Revenge both came out on PlayStation 4, and I believe they're on Switch as well. So. Oh, okay. I remember playing it, and, it, like, it wasn't an awful game, but it was just such, like, a the ultimate meme game, because what Anakin was always like, well, this is pod racing. This is pod racing. <laughs> like, like, seven times a race. It's like, oh, okay. That's not going to get old at all. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good times. Well, there you go. So there's there's a whole bunch of Star Wars games that might, like, I, there's games here that I know are not great. You know, like, I, I've heard, oh, that game is terrible. Uh, you know what? I've actually heard, I've never played it before, but I'm looking mm-hmm. at it on this list of games. Apparently, Revenge of the Sith 
the game, the Revenge of the Sith game is supposedly really good. Okay. Because I've heard that for years that people are like, oh man, I, I spent so much time playing this. And I'm like, is that, is, did you play that because it was like the only game you had and your parents bought it for you and you're poor? Like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I've never played it. So I don't know why it's so well received, but it's so, like, people look at it very fondly in the, the retro gaming circles I, I, I look in. Okay. Well, maybe I, maybe I, Maybe I spoke too soon, Mike. You blew it. You completely. It's I'm, the worst take. I am. I well, it's funny. So I'm reading the ten best, uh, or it's not ten best, best selling Star Wars games of all time. Yeah. And let me just count here: one, two, three, four, f- five of them are Lego Star Wars games. <laughs> <laughs> Told you. Those so games are popular. I, I mean, I, I like the Lego games. They're fun, but they're all mm-hmm. the same, like virtually identical to each other. Yeah. Yeah. You just have a different set of moves in each game. That's yeah, all. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there you go. I, what better way to end the episode than just a massive bad take from Chris? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Put this episode out of its misery now, Mike. Yeah. But if, if you want a good take... If you want a good take from Chris, I'm going to do a quick plug for myself here. Burnt Popcorn, my other podcast that I do with my wife, Laura, where we look at old movies. The next episode is featuring one Chris Blonsky on the show. Oh, like the one that that comes out before this episode? No, the one that that comes comes out. out Okay, okay. So this episode comes out on a Thursday. Yeah. The Tuesday following this episode's release is the burnt popcorn with your episode. Ooh. Yes. Which was originally recorded during our extra live stream back in November. So I'm sure it's quite full of dated <laughs> references. Oh, probably. I haven't really had a chance to listen to it. I, I did a quick like pass through on it. Mm-hmm. I will tell you this because we recorded it during the stream. I was spending way more time making sure that everybody in the stream could hear you and see you and hear Laura and see you. Then I am off mic the entire show. But you are Mike. Mike. Oh, terrible. <laughs> I am a father. All right. I, ha- I had to. It was a bad my- take and a bad pun to end the episode. <laughs> It's a strong, it's a strong episode. It's a Back to the Future episode. It is. Yes. I'm, I'm allowed is to say that, to right? I'm allowed episode. to say what movie it is. Of course. Yeah. You're allowed to say it. Yeah. It's my favorite movie of all time, Mike. So I gave it a, a, a brutal review. Of course. You, <laughs> you kicked the shit out of it. <laughs> meaner than, it's like Star Wars fans. No one is meaner than the biggest fans of a, of a That's property. Right. I, I could have talked about that movie for hours, but instead we had to cap it at an hour, give or take. Yes. Yeah, so you can look forward to that. You can find it at BurtPopcorn.ca or wherever you listen to your podcast, which could be where you're listening to this podcast. But hey, speaking of that, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Part-Time Nerds, Full-Time Dads. You can follow along with our adventures in parenting at Part-Time Nerds, Full-Time Dads.com, which is the only place that you will not find Burnt Popcorn, but you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, iHeartRadio, and all your favorite podcast listening services just like this show. If you want to get a hold of us and let us know any helpful tips or even tell us what we said was dead wrong, you can send an email to the dads at Part-Time Nerds, Full-Time Dads.com or reach us on our Twitter or Facebook accounts at PT Nerds, FT Dads. We definitely have not been blocked. We will be there if you need to get a hold of us. And we'll be back next week with more nerdy dad advice for people who are most certainly not qualified to give any whatsoever. Until next time, I am Mike. And I'm Chris. And we'll talk to you again as soon.
So yeah, worst Star Wars gaming take of all time. Probably. Yeah. Maybe it's just games I haven't enjoyed. <laughs> well, the, most of these games are console games, and you don't play consoles. That's We've true. Yeah, that. Battlefront's PC. Well, I guess all the Lego games are PC too, right? I think so. I think they were on everything. I don't know if Fallen Order was on computer. It was. It's on Steam. Yeah, Battlefront was. Yeah, they might all be. I don't know. I didn't like them. Therefore, that is the law. Okay. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's solid argument right there. That'll hold up in court. That's like, that's that's the whole facts versus feelings uh, kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs>